Hey friend, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me today on Bible Tract Echoes. I'm Michael McCurry, your host, and I've had the privilege of sitting, not necessarily in this exact seat, but figuratively speaking, of being at the helm of this ministry for now, can you believe it, over four years. God is blessed in a wonderful way, and so many of you have been so kind, and I don't deserve it. I don't deserve God's blessings. I don't deserve your kindnesses but I'm thankful for them regardless. Would you grab your Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs chapter 14? Psalms, then Proverbs chapter 14. This week, doing something just a little bit different. We are diving through, hopping and skipping and jumping through a few different thoughts this week. Instead of just diving into one thought for the entire week, we're going to do five different thoughts over the five different days of Bible Tract Echoes. At the conclusion of today's broadcast, we're going to talk about one or two different gospel tracts if the Lord allows us time, but I've got a story to share with you today. I was at a missions conference not long ago. You realize as a traveling evangelist, I'm hither and yon. I'll be in Australia. If I'm not already there, by the time you listen to this broadcast, Australia, Papua New Guinea, and maybe New Zealand this year. I was in Kenya at the end of last year. Speaking of, if you'd like updates about where we are, what we're doing, you can text the word travel. That's T-R-A-V-E-L. That's easy to remember. The word travel to my cell number. And I'll just keep you up Data. Maybe you can pray for us. We'd greatly appreciate it. We're putting a special emphasis on prayer this month at Bible Tracks Incorporated. Text the word travel to this cell number 309-316-7240. I'll give it to you one more time. We'll get back to the story. Text the word travel to 309-316-7240. Zero. As I was saying, I was in a missions conference not long ago. And one of the things I love about missions conferences is often they have all of the best parts of revival services, of a special meeting, but then you add the missions side of things. There's a clear call to action. You can, of course, if God leads you, you can give to missions. You can go if God calls you to be a missionary, but at minimum, we can all grow in our missions fervor. So I love missions conferences, and so I got to speak. And one of the other speakers there, uh, he talked and uh, told a story, and I'm going to be very vague with it for multiple reasons. Number one, because what he talked about had some security concerns. He worked as a Bible translator in one of those nations that ends with Stan, S-T-A-N. And so there's just some difficulties with different things like that. I don't want to bring uh, difficulty upon the heads of anyone who might be currently working on Bible translation and one of those places that it's frowned upon, especially by uh, Muslim governments and whatnot. But he told the story of how they had just finished, a short time ago, had finished a uh, translation of the Bible into the native language. What a glorious thing that is. You realize that's not a six-month process. Oftentimes, it's not even just a six-year process. It can be longer. It takes a long time, especially when you endeavor to do it correctly. If you're going to put all that time into it, you might as well do it right. You might as well do everything you're going to do, do it right. But especially when you're handling God's word. So they had finished it not long ago. 
and uh, one of their folks that was working in outreach and putting out this Bible and, and getting it into the hands. What's the point of translating it if you don't put it in the hands of the people? And so they put it in the hands of a shepherd, a goat herder. He was way back in the mountains, one of those places where the elevation is really high. And they had the chance to meet him there. And you could tell he lived back along a path, a long winding path. It wasn't just a hundred yards. It wasn't just a quarter mile. It was way back there. And he had come down with his sheep or goats and they'd been grazing there. And they gave him a Bible. He realized this man had been raised in a different faith. He'd been raised believing that good works or worshiping this other God. If he could get this other God to smile on him and he'd get to some state of nirvana and gave him the Bible. And he took it willingly. And he promised that he would read it. Well, some months, even years later, they were back in that same area. And they recognized the surroundings. They were way back in the sticks. This was not uh, missionary work in the big cities. I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. This was way out there in parts unknown. They recognized the area. They hadn't been back for a long time. And they remembered he had his flock of sheep or goats or what have you that were here. And they thought, I wonder if the same man, we gave him, I remember we gave him one of the first Bibles to come off the press. We need to go check on him. And so they saw the little mountain trail. It was barely a trail. You could barely tell it was there, not often used. But then, just a little bit ways down the trail, they saw, forgive me, some droppings. They saw there is evidence of some animal traffic and not just one or two or three. There must have been a whole herd of them. And because they had grown up, one or two of those missionary folks had grown up on a farm, they knew that was sheep, that was goats, that they knew who had been by there. And it hadn't been too long ago. So they walked, following the droppings. They walked some more, following the droppings, and walked and walked and walked. I don't know if it was a mile or two or that side of the world. They'd probably say kilometers. But regardless, they walked and walked. And it wasn't some smooth paved area. It took a lot of energy. And finally, they turned a corner following, you guessed it, the droppings. And there he was with his flock, with the goats, with the sheep. And they began to talk to him. And he recognized them. It was pretty obvious he doesn't see a whole lot of people on that side of the mountain often. But he said, I have read the book you've given me. It has made an impact upon my life. And because of it, I now call Jesus my Lord. He is my king. I have become a Christian because of this special book that you have given me. And as this missionary told this story, amazing to think. Uh, at Bible Tracks, we do have a small, small hand in some translation work, of course. And often we are just the recipients. We are just the beneficiaries of other uh, workers' translation work. I barely can speak English. I don't speak 17 or 18 different languages. And so thankfully, we have amazing partners that help us when we need translation work done. And obviously, it helps if there's a Bible in their language already. But came to mind this verse, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. I remember as a boy, 
I'm trying to think. I must have been just barely a teenager or right before becoming a teenager, 11, 12, 13 or so. And my parents let me stay with a friend from church. Uh, man, uh, he and his wife uh, stayed in a trailer and they took care of an equestrian farm, a horse farm. And for some reason or another, I think maybe my parents were taking a group to a conference or something and I wasn't going to be able to go because of whatever reason. I believe it may have been uh, in the fall time. I, I remember it being a little chilly when we got up in the morning, and we got up early. The horses needed to be fed. I think it was probably 4.30, maybe 5 o'clock when we got up. Where I was woke up, I should say. I was sleeping soundly. And of course, every stall in which there was a horse, there were remnants left behind, weren't there? I had to muck them out. Got my one of my first experiences, the sawdust and all the hay and all that type of stuff. And in all seriousness, there, there are probably few things better, especially for a young man, than that experience. To walk into a barn with 20 stalls there and to know your work isn't done until every one of them is clean. I can still recall the scent. And I don't say that in a bad way. There's something about that scent, the, the smell of a horse farm. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Honestly, brings back good memories. But if there was a stall with no horse, you know what? That stall was clean, was it not? And I think about that, and I'm endeavoring, of course, not to be too crude, but these are matters of life, of course. But I think of those missionaries following, and may I say dodging, stepping over and around the droppings to get to and to do missions work with a national who had never experienced, we know he had never experienced holding God's word in his hands because there had not been, in his language, there had not been God's word. Friend, missions work, God's work, the ministry, working with people, it gets messy. Sometimes, even in churches in America, figuratively speaking, if you want to know what the problem is, just follow, follow the droppings. Dealing with people. Yeah, if there's nobody in church on Sunday morning, you don't have to clean it Sunday afternoon, do you? But that's not what we want, is it? No, friend. We want. Where no, what does it say, Proverbs 14, 4? Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. And so may I say to pastors listening right now, You've got someone in your church that's just making your life difficult. Can I just tell you, friend, it's worth it. It will always be worth it. Jesus, when he came down, was born of a virgin. You say, I, I know all this, Brother Micah. Well, sometimes I, sometimes we need to be reminded of it. Can you imagine what it smelled like 2,000 years ago? They didn't have the deodorant products that we have today. They didn't have as much running water as we have today. Can you imagine what it smelled like to the king of glory who had been a denizen of heaven his, in, when I say entire life, he has no beginning and no end, but forever and ever he had been a resident of heaven and then he comes to this place? I can imagine. I can only imagine. Friend, sometimes you have to follow the droppings, but it's, it's worth it at the end of the trail. 
Now, before we sign off very quickly, let me tell you about a gospel tract I have in my hand, one called, Will You Live Forever? Maybe you're listening right now and you'd say, I don't know if I will. Well, I want to tell you, you can reach out to me right now, but you can also go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org and order this track for free. But if you're concerned about your eternal destiny, maybe you're like that man before he received a Bible. You don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can text me right now at 309-316-7240. I want to hear from you. Text me at 309 3 one six seven two four zero and we'd love to send you some of this gospel tract right here to each and every one of you listening in today we're halfway through the week here in bible tract echoes got two more thoughts that lord willing i want to communicate to you as we conclude this week on thursday and friday have a great day a wonderful day for his glory we'll talk to you very soon i'm michael mccurry this has been bible tract echoes God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.